Welcome back to another episode of My Neighbors Are Dead. I'm your host, Adam Peacock, and we're all familiar with the big names in horror. Freddie, Jason, the fiend, Bray Wyatt. But who we're not familiar with are the ones just outside the tear, the ones who didn't get to tell their tales. And I am so excited to be joined this week by Carl Tart to help me do that. Carl, how are you, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm so well. Uh, how's, how's your quarantine treating you? You know, it, it has gone in waves. Uh, it's been... I, 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 I started being like, oh, I'll be able to go through this, like, fine. And then it got very hard <laughs> yeah. and mentally taxing and then uh, loosened up a little bit. And I was like, I got used to it. So I stopped fiending uh, friend attention, like, at a certain point. And then, <laughs> right, right. Uh, things opened up a little bit. I wasn't really mm-hmm. participating in that, but that made people feel a little bit more comfortable to do, like, backyard hangs and things like that. So... Those have been getting me through for sure, but I still, you know, still, still staying in the house as much as I can. And yeah, only there when was, I'm like, I got to get out and do something. Yeah. There were parts of me that liked it, you know, for, for weeks at a time where it was like, great, I'll play a bunch of NBA 2K or I'll just play Last of Us and then I got to get out of the house. Yeah. Um, this week we're talking about the 2009 Tom Six film, The Human Centipede. Why this movie, Carl? You know what? I've, I, so you, you said it was okay that I hadn't seen this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh I have not seen it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like but I'm fascinated with the like the the premise of it. I'm fascinated with I'm like who would think of something like this? <laughs> like how would you pitch this movie? And then I read about yeah. how they pitched it and they kind of they Trojan horsed it in. Wait, I don't know this story. What how did they pitch it? So that while they were pitching this to investors and people like that, they weren't telling them what the actual premise was. They weren't telling them. They were just telling them it's going to be a horror movie about a crazy doctor. They weren't. So they made them, it in secret. Essentially, they, yeah, basically, yeah. People didn't see what what the actual centipede was until it was in theaters. <laughs> That's amazing. I had no idea about that. Uh, wow, that's crazy. Um, so you've not seen it. Is there a reason why you haven't seen it? Uh, th- nothing about this movie intrigues me. To watch <laughs> nothing makes me go, "Ooh, I want to watch that." Also, people who tell you like, like people hate it. <laughs> like my friends, yeah. they talk about it and they were like, "Oh, this is awful." Like mm-hmm. they, they, they. A lot of my friends really hate it. I saw this movie. It came out in two thousand nine, and I was on a cruise ship, and one of the guys who worked there had a DVD copy of it, and it was one of those things where like I was daring myself to watch it. Mm-hmm. And I did. I watched it alone in my room at night, and it's it's exactly what you think it is. I can't believe you did that on a in open waters, <laughs> in international waters. I can't believe you did that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have been able yeah. to do it. Not a, not uh, on a ship, and then you can't get off no. that ship for what four months? I mean, you yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe when you get to New York on Sunday, but yeah, you're locked in there for four months. Yeah, nah, I couldn't have been. I wouldn't have been able to do it on that. I'm not a big scary movie guy, uh, and I definitely don't like gross stuff. What scares me is like true stories, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The fact they never caught that guy. Yeah, like, yeah. Monster, the the one with uh, the Charlize, Charlize Theron the, one. Yeah, that one scared the shit out of me. That one's really good. Uh, and that whole that whole story is fucking heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you haven't seen it. Uh, if you were to go into a room, knowing what you know about it now, would you be willing to try to pitch us that movie right now? Oh, yeah. 
like if you, yeah, if, if you, let's, you, okay, you walk into the room, I'm, you're pitching your movie to me, The Human Centipede, what do you got? Hey, first of all, <laughs> thanks for taking the time. Absolutely, uh, Carl. I brought you guys some chocolates. Oh these my are, God, thank you. Yeah, these are these are Dutch chocolates. Uh, the, yeah. dire- the director that we're looking for is actually Dutch. He's a Dutch guy. So oh, here's okay. some Dutch chocolates for you, some strope waffle, uh, <laughs> some things like that, some wine gums. Delicious. Uh, just some nice Dutch things. So I just wanted to take a little bit of your time and talk about the movie. Oh, and, I would, yeah. Yeah, and uh, basically, this movie mm-hmm. is not not your typical movie. It I is like a horror movie. Hearing. I know you guys like horror. We love them. Can't get enough of them. Yeah. Uh, this, and this one, let me tell you, this is scary. This <laughs> is the scariest thing that you'll ever think. Well, Carl, you've got us very interested in this movie. Okay. What is scarier than having your mouth sewn to an asshole and eating shit all day? You forced to eat shit. What is scarier than that? I, I got to be honest, Carl. I, I can't think of anything that's more scary than that. That's all right. That's well, pretty awful. But that's not what this movie's about, is it? That's exactly what this movie is about, sir. I'll validate. Where Where do you sign? Here's a Here's a, here's a blank check. Well, wait. I, I mean, you don't. I mean, selling people's mouths to asshole. You You don't have anybody who's willing to be in this movie, do you? Oh, we have a ton of actors. <laughs> have you ever met an actor? That doesn't scare me. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. This just seems a lot. I mean, I'm. this is a lot to take in. All right. Well, how much of the asshole to mouth thing are we going to have to see? Probably not a lot, right? Uh, the, uh, movies are usually 90 minutes, right? I about, mean, give or take. About 87 minutes of it. So what you're telling me is that for three minutes of the movie, there won't be mouth to assholes in this thing? No. For three minutes of the movie, there'll be a nice plane scene. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like an establishing shot, I think, is what I'm, I'm seeing in my head. Yeah. <sighs> and, and then, uh, yeah, but basically after that, the doctor gets to sewing. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, I, I, your passion is infectious, but I mean, how much money are you looking for this? Because this is a lot. You know what? I'm not going to, I didn't come in here to break your bank. Okay. Uh-huh. We'll be on a budget. Throw me 70 mil. Now, 70 million? That's not, that's not, Lord of the Rings, you know how much Lord of the Rings was? That's a lot. All right, you know what, Carl? Um, I'm looking for a win here because I got another DUI, so I'm going to give you that $70 million. This is going to be your win. I'm telling you, everybody's worst fear. People think, think about fears. People are scared of grizzly bears when they go camping. People are scared of snakes when they go hiking. Mm-hmm. But bigger than both of those things, people are terrified to have their mouths sewn to somebody's asshole who is constantly fed. I look forward to meeting you here in a year while we're counting our millions and talking about what a great thing we did. Absolutely. So I do That's I a good validate? pitch. Or do I validate? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll validate your parking. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a great pitch. Was I, were you expecting me to not to do what they did in their pitch and not pitch? No, I wanted to see what you would do, and okay. that was great. Thank because you. there's really no, like, there's no coming back from this, right? It's like, what is the movie about? It's about a guy who sews people's mouths to assholes. <laughs> yeah. There's no, like, there's no journey. There's no character arc. There's nothing. It's just, let's get mouths on assholes. That's all it's about. And they made two more of them, Carl. They made two more. Really? There was sequels to this? The third one is in a prison, and it's just all the prisoners are one giant human centipede. Oh, come on. Yeah, there's like, there's like 180 guys in there that are just sewn together. We need prison reform. <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah. Wait, There's you're not no, suggesting that be the prison reform, are you? No, I'm saying that that should never oh. even be a thought to be a pri- like to be in prison. Like you got people in there, like imagine getting imagine like you getting your mouth sewn to the asshole. Like you in there, like look, man, I I got caught. 
driving across state <laughs> with a little bit uh-huh. of weed. You know, I was making a run mm-hmm. for a friend. I was in a bind. I needed some cash. Like I was getting like I was going through a divorce. Uh I needed my friend said he could get grab me a quick twenty thousand. All I had to do was drive a couple pounds of weed to Arizona. And I got caught. Now I'm in jail. This guy yeah. is a murderer. And now my mouth's gonna be sewn to his asshole. I think I think the thing that I'm taking away from this, and maybe I've missed the message altogether, but is just don't do shit for anybody. No. Don't 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 yeah. run weed. Yeah, don't run. Now there's dispensaries here everywhere here in LA. Yeah, yeah, it's not it, I don't I don't know if that's a, still like a, a lucrative business to run weed across state. Or maybe you know, places that There's got to be like legal. one or two people left still doing it, right? Oh yeah, they're out there. Cuz not all states are legal. Yeah, I mean we got it in Michigan now, but there's only one open I think in Ann Arbor. Oh, okay. And so there's still got to be people like in the in the sticks of Michigan who are still doing it. And you you run the risk of becoming a human centipede. And prison food is disgusting. Prison food is not great from what I understand. So don't do that. If you, okay. If there was another, like, uh, uh, like another way to be murdered, there's been tons of ways that people have been murdered in horror movies, pretty violent ways. What's something that you would take that absolutely you would choose to be a human centipede over as opposed to blank? Oh man. I would say, I would say I would choose to be a human I can't. I can't figure out anything that I would. I'd rather die. <laughs> I'd yeah, rather that, die because when you think about it, it isn't just the sewing of the mouth to the butt. Yeah. It's like the mutilation of genitals. Mm-hmm. It's he broke their knees so they couldn't walk away. Yeah, like, they couldn't like all of that type of stuff is like nah, man. Because I was what I was gonna say was like maybe Freddy Krueger because. It's scary to be haunted in your dreams, and you, like he controls that. Like you can't control that at all. You yeah. can't wake up and stuff. That that feels very scary. Uh, but, Is it? I don't yeah, know what no. it says about me that I admire the fact that he really thought this whole thing out about like, well, I can't just sew them together. I got to break their knees so they can't go anywhere. Yeah, and, and I have to yeah. spread their buttholes open even more <laughs> to get the to make sure the sew is right because mouths are bigger than buttholes. Yeah. I mean, so it's painful shits too. On top of like, come on, man. Yeah, and, and who really has the best? There's no winner in this situation. Are you ready for your highest rated episode? By the way, I'm very much am ready for my <laughs> highest rated episode. What I'd like to do, Carl, at some point, we can either do it through Zoom or, if, you know, God willing, when we can do it live again. If you'd like, I would like to watch this movie with you and just do an episode on that. Uh, you know what? For you, I will. Oh, buddy, you're I the would, best. I would normally say I don't want to watch this movie because I don't. <laughs> But I'll do it just for the, I'll do it just so we can have an even better perspective on what it means. Oh, uh, I would, I would love nothing more. Um, well, buddy, I know, uh, I would, I would love to talk to you more about mouths on buttholes and, you know, all the joy <laughs> that comes therein. but we're going to have to take a quick break. Cause we got a, a, a Thorell Maxwell coming in, a, 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 a stewardess. Is that what you call them anymore? Or like a flight attendant, I guess is what they're called for American airlines. And I think this gentleman might have a different perspective on what we're talking about. So, okay. but, uh, thank you for coming by Carl yeah. and let's get that. Let's get that movie date on the books. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks buddy.
Hey neighbors, Adam and Nate here to talk to you about Patreon. Now, this podcast is possible due to our Patreon patrons, and you can become one by going to patreon.com slash myneighborsaredead. Supporting the show on Patreon's easy. You pay what you can, and in return, you get My Neighbors Are Dead merch, behind-the-scenes info on how we make the show, a shout-out on future episodes, and more. You may be wondering what we use this money for. Well, we use it for things like production costs, website hosting, traveling for the show, and our monthly meds. We are both severely medicated. Sad but true. Now, podcasting isn't cheap, and we appreciate any help you can give. If you'd like to see how you can help out the show, go to patreon.com slash myneighborsaredead. Thanks for listening, and now back to the show. Uh, thank you so much for for coming by and, and you know giving us a little bit of time here telling your story. Yes, no problem. No problem at all. It, it, the business is slow right oh, now. Oh, yeah. The business is slow because, you know, all this stuff going around, all these <laughs> things floating around in the air trying to get sure, people sick. Sure, sure. Uh, I am talking to uh, Thalay Maxwell from Thoray. 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 Thoray Maxwell mm-hmm. uh, from American Airlines. You are a yes. flight attendant Hi, on yes. American Airlines. Yeah. Yes, I have been since 1983. Wow. Yes, I've 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 done it a long time. Thirty seven years. Initially drew you to the business, Thray. You know what? I I had a passion for the sky. <laughs> Some days I would walk outside of my house, I would look up and be like, Man, wouldn't it be cool to be up there? <laughs> and I took one flight and there there was a, an accident okay. on the plane where I was flying from my hometown of Cleveland, Ohio, all the way to Phoenix, Arizona. And I was on the plane, and all of a sudden, the flight attendant passes out. And you know how people will say, is there a doctor in the house? There was a doctor who stood up and was like, yes, is there another flight attendant in the house? Because I need my refreshments during this flight. And I was like, so oh, the doctor, I guess the I doctor do just did, did not, they ignored the medical problem. No, he was a dick. No. <laughs> he, was, he completely ignored it. He completely ignored it. He did not even he he didn't he had no interest in helping that woman. So I I got up. I said, you know what? I'll do this. I'll do this. I, I've never done it before, but I'm already wearing a white button-up shirt, a sweater vest, and some slacks. I'm all because that was my traveling uniform. You know, back then in the eighties. Yeah, I think people took you know, it way more you, seriously than they do now. Yeah, you took it yeah. seriously. You had to bring a pack of cigarettes, and I didn't smoke. But when you get on a plane, you have to smoke. So you you just lit up on the plane. I just lit up on the plane because that was what you did. It was the 80s. Yeah. It, was the, it was the golden age of flying. And I just fell in love immediately after that first shift. So you get up. This doctor screams, is there another flight attendant in the house? You get up and you just start, you know, you're, you're passing out peanuts, giving out coffee. I'm passing out peanuts, <clears throat> giving out coffee. Uh, people will ask for a soda and I will pour them the, right, the, the exact amount of soda that is in that cup that fits in that cup. I won't give them the whole soda. And if they ask for the whole soda, they of course can have it, but I won't give it to them because that's my job. And I love doing my job. I'm curious. Cause I think that's a really admirable thing that you did uh, to, to get you into this career. I'm curious though, because you know, I guess rules were a little more lax in the eighties about flights, but were there any uh, repercussions when you landed? Like, were there any, I don't know, like, was American Airlines like waiting for you? Like, hey, you can't do this. Or was, you know, did they call the police or what, what happened? Yes, that with all of the heads, all of the heads of the company were there. They were uh-huh. ready for me. All of them were standing there. 
with a contract wow. and a pen. They were ready. They saw what I did on the plane. They saw how I stepped in. Right, and she died by the way. Uh, they saw how I stepped in for uh-huh. her when she had her accident when she fell, and they were like, "We need you. We need you a part of this company." And right then and there, I signed a contract to work for me. I think that's absolutely incredible. And you've been lucky enough to be, to do it since then. You've been doing it this whole time. 1983. That's incredible, Thray. 1983. Thriller was at the top of the chart. Oh, I love Thriller. Thriller's so good. So, so now you're in, you're in the game, right? You're in, you're in the show. You're, you're a flight attendant on American airlines and you're, you're a mover and a shaker. What is that initial, like, are you overwhelmed? What is your initial entrance into American airlines? Were you pumped? What, what was that like? Talk me through that. Uh, you know what? I was not nervous at all because I mean, when you watch a woman die, you, it, it kind of takes all the nerves out sure. of the job. So afterwards, after I got, after I, you know, settled in, I, I started my mm-hmm. leg. I went back to I went back to Cleveland and I grabbed my things because I was going to be doing the Atlanta to Dallas Fort Worth. Wow. For the next 37 years. I've never taken any other flight besides that, but I've done that route. That's so it. You've only done that route. To see in Atlanta? Only done that route. That's incredible. And I also have never traveled anywhere else. <laughs> so you've only stayed that you've only stayed in those two cities. Only stayed in Atlanta and Dallas-Fort Worth. And let me tell you something. They are both beautiful Gorgeous. cities. Love it. Uh, Dallas, Dallas is, is beautiful. And uh, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't say enough good things about it. I'm curious, uh, Theray, how many people have you witnessed die as a flight attendant? Because I imagine that's got to be a pretty, uh, the mortality rate, I imagine, for flights has got to be pretty high. Eight. Only eight in your whole career? Only eight people have died on that route. I've heard other stories. When we land in these cities and we see other mm-hmm. American Airlines flight attendants, they'll tell us, oh, today was a rough flight. It was so shaky. Someone died. So, the, you know, we'll talk about those things. We'll talk about the weather. We'll talk about the, the flight path, the weather that's going on, because that's going to affect us. Because, you know, we got to stand yeah. through all that stuff. We Our job is to keep the passengers feeling as if nothing is going to happen to them, because people are afraid to fly. So we are required to still stand during very bad turbulence. You're required to stand during turbulence. Yes. Three of those people were flight attendants that died. On, on the job? They're serious. About, wow. Yes. Because that's, they're serious about keeping your seatbelt on. But they don't want to scare the... Because I tell you this much. As soon... I've heard this from so many passengers. As soon as the flight attendants mm-hmm. sit, as soon as they sit down, when the captain says, flight attendants, take your seats, oh, you're in for it, honey. It's going to yeah. be rough. It's going to be rough. And so we are we are told to stay up. And that's my duty. You know, I feel good about that. When I see a child flying alone, when I see a woman flying alone, when I see a man flying alone, <laughs> yeah. I want them to feel comfortable with being there. And, you know, flying is safe. Flying is one of the safest things you can do. That's what they say. But it does get bumpy up there sometimes. Those clouds, those clouds are unforgiving. You know, I've always, I've stuck to this rule because I'm not a great flyer, Thray. I've always stuck to this rule of if I see the flight attendant freaking out, that's when I know it's time to freak out. Yes. Exactly. Has there ever been a time up in the air when you're flying and you think this might be it? Or are you just cool as a cucumber? August 14th, 1988. Only five years into your job. Yes. Bobby Brown's Don't Be Cruel is at the top of the charts. I, I am looking for space to put someone's mm-hmm. bag. The flight is full. Overhead space is not 
yeah. available. Okay. Let's just say that. I'm looking for space for someone's bag because they just refuse <clears throat> to part ways with their bag. They refuse to do it. This is like an episode of, of uh, okay. CSI. You know how one thing will be going on and you think that that's about to be the problem and then another problem yeah. shows up? So I I am looking for a place to put their bag because we're American Airlines doing what we do right. best. And I am going through, I'm checking. I open up one compartment, no space. Open up another compartment, no space. Open up a third compartment, <laughs> ah! I scream, a snake. A snake. Yes, with a luggage that's tag. That's that's. I don't even know how you get that through the airport security. It was the eighties. Security was not what it was. You know, nine eleven changed everything. God, I really. You know, I was. You can. You can no longer bring snakes. I was open. born in the eighties, Thorey, and I think I missed out a whole on a whole lot of fun flying in the eighties. Yes. Oh my God. Oh my God. Cocaine everywhere. <laughs> um, I'm curious. Uh, you know, you and I kind of had a chance to talk a little bit before this, and. You know, I, I know you. You're very committed to the one route that you've that you've flown, but you you did share with me a, a one flight that you took from from Germany. And yes. Okay. I, I know. I know this is so, a touchy thing, and I, I if you know, I don't want to go into too much detail about it, but um, if you don't want to, but you know, talk to me about the uh, uh, doctor. Well, talk to me about the human centipede incident. Okay. I knew you were going to ask that. Maybe because that's why I came. But I knew you were going to ask that. This was the one flight outside of my Atlanta to Dallas Fort Worth <laughs> leg. And this is why I never do another one. This is why I will never it. do another one. Okay? Mm -hmm. This is it. This is the reason. 2009. It's 2009. Okay? Katy Perry's at the top of the chart. Love Katy Perry. I... A flight attendant calls and says, honey, Theray, I cannot do, I cannot do this mm -hmm. route today. I cannot go to Germany today. Atlanta, Germany. And, and back, of course. And so I'm like, I can't go to Germany. You know, I've never broken, I've never done any other route besides the one that I do. Atlanta to Dallas, Fort Worth. She's like, please, please, I just need you. I need you to go to Germany. I need you to do this. I can't do it. And, you know, I'm always there. I am, am my sister's mm -hmm. keeper. I am my coworker's keeper. I knew I had to do it, so I, so I did it. I packed a bag because we were going to be there for two days before we did the return mm -hmm. leg. So I fly to Germany. I see some of the sights. I have some of the food. I try on some lederhosen. And it's, before I know it, it's time to come back. So I am on the plane, nonstop service, from Berlin to Atlanta, <clears throat> to Hartsfield-Jackson Airport in Atlanta. And I was on the plane. I'm getting used to the international leg. There's more people in the crew, which is a little bit more frustrating, a little bit more taxing mentally because I have to work with more people than I normally do. On my normal domestic flights, there's four okay. of us. And on this flight, there's eight of us because we have you know, a changeover. Uh, Germany to Atlanta is not a normal route. And so... We're on there, and we're there, and I'm walking through, and I'm greeting my passengers, as I do. The German people are cold. They're stern. They're not, they, they are, they're not greeting me back. And then there's one person who greets me back, and I'm like, oh, that's an American. Before I even look down, that's mm -hmm. an American, because that's how we speak to each other. And I look down, and I go, ah, 
gasp. It was like when I saw the snake. This woman had huge holes around her mouth. And her knees uh-huh. were bloody. I said, oh my God, can I get you a towel? She said, honey, it's fine. Don't even worry about it. I just need to get home. This is going to be the best flight of my life. I said, oh my gosh, I am checking back in with you later. Right now, I have to go make sure all of the overhead bins are closed. Sure. Can I get you to put your seat back up, though? Can I get you to put your seat back? She was like, well, that's going to be kind of hard because I can't really bend my knees very well. I can barely walk. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, but it, uh, it's just it, like re- FAA regulation states that you have to have your seat back up and your tray table up on takeoff. But as soon as we take off, you are welcome to put it back. There's more space. This is a bigger plane. This is a seven, a, a Boeing 787 Dreamliner. This it's is a beautiful a, plane. It's a beautiful plane. A beautiful, a beautiful bird. That's okay. what we say. Uh, American Airlines uh, doing what we do best. And she goes, okay, that's fine. And then she lets out a huge scream. She's very yeah. weak, very meek, very cold, very, very just. But I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll get her a blanket. Oh, that's another thing. She kept asking me for pillows sure. to sit on. And she kept, I was like, I, I've given you one. You're not supposed to sit on it. It's supposed to go mm-hmm. behind your head, but I, you can sit on it, whatever. If the seat's not comfortable enough, this is a Dreamliner. It's a beautiful bird. The seats are usually yeah. comfortable, but. She was like, you don't understand. I need to sit on a pillow. And I'm going to need to change them out every few minutes. And I was like, okay, well, it's not my job to pry. It's my job Mm -hmm. to fly. That's what we say. When anybody is doing anything weird on a plane, we say, it's not my job to pry. It's my job to fly. I like that a lot, Thread. That's really great. Uh, I'm curious though, if you had known, because now it's, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty common knowledge now what happened to this young woman. Her name is Lindsay that she was a part of a horrific experiment where her mouth was sewed to a butthole. Her knees were, you know, just, you know, ravaged. I, if you had known what had happened, if you did pry, let's say, would your treatment of her, or would you have gone maybe more above and beyond? Because it already sounds like you do an amazing job, but what would you have done differently if you'd have known this was the case? Personally, yeah. I would have said, ugh. That would have the first of thing. Of course, you're human. Because I'm like, excuse yeah. me? Oh my God, have you had any, like, and then I would immediately tended to her, got her some water, but she, she, she tried to drink water, but the water kept coming out (laughs) of the holes in her lips. And she was like, those are from the needle, the needle marks going through. And I'm like, oh my God, they sold your mouth to somebody else's rump. Oh, now I've done some freaky things in my day. (laughs) Theray is no angel, but sewing permanent. (laughs) <laughs> oh, well, no. and my neighbors are dead. We certainly don't kink shame anybody here. I think whatever you're into is terrific. <clears throat> you're, well, thank yeah. you. Yes, I'm into, I'm into a lot of uh, things. I mean, I, I can only imagine. I imagine it's got to be like a rock and roll lifestyle being a, a flight attendant on American Airlines. Oh, my gosh. They call me Mick Jagger. They call you Mick Jagger. Yeah, well, that's only because I sing I Can't Get No Satisfaction on the, uh, on the internet. Do you sing the whole song? That's the incredible. Song. Acapella. Acapella. Yes. You know what? I think if it were anybody else, I would be furious. But I think if it was coming out of your mouth, I think I would be very, very happy. Everyone claps. They love it. They clap. They clap the rhythm. Uh, on that flight, when I did it, the German people—they're so cold. They're yeah, so they stern. Are. They clap. They clapped on the run. They clapped on the one and three. It was no. Come on, really? But on the Atlanta to Dallas route, two and four. I like day. that Atlanta to Dallas, two and four. Um. 
I, I mean, I admire what you did for this young lady. I think probably at this time in her life, she probably needed somebody like you to kind of offset this horrific thing she just experienced. You know, it. she definitely was very thankful as she crawled off the plane. <laughs> and I was happy to be there for her. I was happy to assist her with whatever she needed. If she, if she didn't want the police to be called, she just wanted to get home. And, you know, as, as she kind of slept out of the yeah. plane, like, as like, like kind of crawl like a dog that's hind legs don't work anymore. Uh, it was, it was a, it was a sight to see. I'll tell you that much. She screamed sure. a lot during the flight and that is a long flight. That's an 11 hour flight. And she had a ton of night terrors, and the person who was sitting next to her always wanted to move. And I said, "It's a full flight. I could try to get you some." So I would jump on the intercom and I said, "Excuse me, is there anyone on the plane that would like to sit next to this screaming woman? She's clearly gone through something very traumatic in her life. Is is there any kind soul? There, we just have to switch because the flight is completely full. It is completely full, uh, and we need somebody to switch because there are no empty seats." Uh, your dedication to your job is, it's incredible. It's just Thank incredible. You. So I'm curious, what's the turnaround like for this? Because this woman, bloody knees, butthole mouth, crawling off the plane. What's the turnaround time for you? Like, do you just put that out of your head and you say, fuck it, we got to get this plane back in the air going to Dallas, Fort Worth? Where, where's your head at with this? Honey, I have seen, I have seen some things in my life. That could have been the most weird one. But when I saw that snake in that overhead compartment, I was like, nothing takes that. Nothing takes that. You think the snake sits atop the human centipede girl? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because I didn't, be, I, and it may be just be because I didn't see the actual human centipede. I just saw her battered and tattered and bruised body, yeah. which I've seen before. I imagine you're a flight attendant. People, you've probably seen, you've seen it all. People fly in all kinds of conditions. Well, I, I tell you what, if something like this were to happen to me, I want to be on your flight. If I'm if I'm lucky enough Thank to get you. away, I want to be on the flight that you're that you're on. Atlanta to Dallas, American Airlines. We're American Airlines doing what we do best. Well, Thoray, I got to tell you, uh, I I love when people come on this show and they they have just a passion for what they do and they're just good souls and that's that's you through and through. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Uh, for listening out there, if you're flying from Atlanta to Dallas or Dallas to Atlanta, get on Thoray Maxwell's flight. Make sure you're sitting right next to Thoray Maxwell. And you will be met with hostility for flying American Airlines out of Hartsfield-Jackson Atlanta Airport because that is a Delta Air Airport. They will proceed to physically harm you, perhaps. But do it if you want to be with me. I think it's worth it. I'm curious, just before we, before we let you out of here, Thoray, what are your thoughts on the number one song in the country right now that sits atop the Billboard charts? That's uh, We're talking about Cardi B. Oh, I love it. WAP? Yeah, WAP. Yes. <laughs> a lot of WAPs on planes. I'll tell you that. Well, more. as soon as I find out what that means, <laughs> I will enjoy that joke even more. Thoray, I appreciate you coming by so much. Thank you for having Thank me. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to My Neighbors Are Dead. I've been your host, Adam Peacock. The show is produced by myself with Nate DeFort and edited by Nate DeFort. Original music was done by Jesse Case along with Dane Halverson, and our original artwork was done by Mark Nishan. I want to give a very special thank you to Thoray Maxwell, who was played by Carl Tart, for coming by the show. Carl's the best. You can check out Carl on Patreon at The Flagrant Ones. You can check him out as a writer on NBC's Connecting. He's all over the place. Make sure you check him out and show him support. If you like the show and you want to support us, please like and subscribe. And if you'd like to donate to the show, you can find us on Patreon.com at My Neighbors Are Dead. 
Follow us on Instagram at My Neighbors Are Dead and on Twitter at My Dead Neighbors. Again, thank you so much for listening to the show, and we'll see you next week. This is Patrick. And this is Mark, co-host of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we're your home for all things Nintendo. On Tuesday, we're talking about the latest Nintendo news. And on Thursday, we're doing deep dives into specific corners of the Nintendo universe. Ranking the Koopa Kids. Determining who the best Smash Fighter is. That's Nintendo Cartridge Society on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Campfire.